You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? I am well, Wendy. How's it going? Oh, it's it's a great day. I mean, you know what? Woke up this morning, so can't complain. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yes, and today uh, we are going to talk about body composition and different ways to measure body composition. I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than that, but I think this episode is going to be extremely important because actually today I was working with a client. He was on my table and he is a crazy runner. He looks incredible. He mm -hmm. is in like he literally does like 100 mile events and Whoa. he went to the doctor for his checkup and he said that um he came back and his bmi shows that he is in a bad place <laughs> so yeah. yeah i'm glad we're talking about this topic today because you know what i'm gonna have him listen in because it, i spent 30 minutes trying to change his mindset that that's just one way to measure things and that one was yeah. not accurate yeah. And, you know, BMI and I, I know when I've gone in to see the doctor for, for checkups again, when you're, when you're 50 plus, that's one of the things that they look at is, okay, all right, Mr. Miller, you need to do something about your life. And uh, when it comes to the, when it you comes gotta to just the, change who you are, dude, you know, you need uh, you've made some choices in your life and uh, you need to make some other ones. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to BMI and here's the thing, you know, you know, BMI, body mass index, is basically your height to weight, right? Looking like we're going to talk more about that a little bit, but as as a measurement, unfortunately, it it does hold true for the I say the typical population when it comes to that. But for somebody like me who tries to work out, you know, try I do what I can to keep up my my lean body mass. Um, <clears throat> so if you if you look at me, you wouldn't say, okay, that guy's obese. But if I'm just looking at one measure of of what my body composition might reflect regarding my health yeah i'm not in a good place because i'm a little bit denser than the average five eight five nine guy as i'm getting older i'm still i'm still up there five nine again um but that's irrelevant um so as you start shrinking as, as i start then shrinking only yeah, become, become work on work on my posture here for a second here. um <laughs> but it's just one measure of of your, your, your makeup again. And that's just looking at the scale and knowing how tall you are. And it's a very, very oversimplistic way of looking at, okay, that guy's unhealthy or that guy's healthy, but you have to look more in depth as far as, okay, what is the physical makeup? But again, in the context of, of looking at your body composition, we have clients that, again, if they're more recreation-based or more performance-based, as long as their body size doesn't affect or detract and takes away from their performance on the field on the court again wendy you've got a lot of high level elite um um athletes that that you work with but you know sometimes they'll get told okay you need to lose five pounds because it's affecting your knees it's affecting your low back um affecting your vertical things like that so that's when you start to look at okay well what does my physical makeup look like because um in some in in some people's worlds, how how big you are, size-wise, um, will affect your performance. But for the average person, 
who's looking to maybe fit better in their clothes. Maybe they have a vacation that they're getting ready for. I have a client who's who's getting ready to spend five days on a sailboat with her family, right? And she wants to be able to, you know, walk around, you know, not being self-conscious about how she looks like in, in, in her one piece, right? So for her, it's just about, okay, well, here's the progress we're making. We're on track or we're not on track. So a lot of people, it is about, you know, keeping perspective on, okay, if here's our goal. Here's the end date. Let's make sure that we are making the progress that we should or could make. But also some of these um, ways of measuring our bodies, or the circumference wise, um, <clears throat> is a reflection of, of health. Statistically speaking, it may not be true. It's not going to be true for everybody. But from a statistical standpoint, there are some things that you might need to consider once you've had a chance to look at what your physical makeup is when it comes to lean body mass. Yep. And those of you guys that are just joining Ken Miller and I on Random Fit today, we're talking about body composition and that there's different ways to measure the results. And so oftentimes when you go to your doctor, the first thing they look at is your body mass index. What we've been talking about is BMI. And so the ways that they calculate that, there's two different ways. Um, you can actually do it with the metric formula. That's the one that's you're going to take your weight in kilograms and then divide that by your height in meters squared. And so when they do that, that's where they get that particular number. And then there's actually a chart that you can look at to determine, yeah. you know, the different, you know, where you fall on the scale. Now, because I, you know, I don't measure myself in kilograms. There's something called the imperial formula, which is 703 times your weight in pounds. And then you divide that with your height in, height in inches squared. And that's how you can get the same number, just depending on where, where you live. Now, once you get that number then again, you'll look at this chart. And so on average, when we say the chart, if you're less than 18.5, they're saying that you are at still a very high risk because you're actually considered underweight and where, you know, they want you to be on that scale. Ideally, when you're, you know, thinking about that and you get that number, if you fall between 18.5 and 24.9, then you are at a low risk for disease and you're also at a healthy weight. And so, you know, that's where they want you to fall. And again, that BMI, especially as you get older and you're starting to look at health insurance and stuff, that BMI does unfortunately play it, you know, like they take that into consideration too. Are you high risk or not? And then of course, anything above, you know, 25 or 25 and above, you're either overweight, obese, obese two or obese three. So anything that's over like 40, they're saying that you're extremely high. And so, you know, again, that's just one way that that they, you know, that they measure it. They do that even with my six year old. His BMI is this. And I'm thinking, well, OK, his height and his weight. I mean, he's like on a bell skirt or a bell curve. He is going up. However, he's always been a tiny little guy when it comes to weight. I mean, he's six and he weighs 39 pounds. Um, however, he is making strides in his weight from where he started as a baby. And so there hasn't been a dip or a decrease. It's always been positive. So again, these are just numbers to go off of. And that's what you're going to get from the doctor. But I think it's extremely important to kind of talk about what we're going to go in next, which is the actual circumference measurements that I use with my clients. I think it's easier for people to understand and if you want on a performance standpoint, especially when we get talking about actually using a tape measure, you're going to really get good numbers on is your girth 
becoming smaller if that's your goal right. or are you growing in certain areas that you want to get bigger like guys want bigger chests yeah. and bigger shoulders and stuff are you seeing those gains and women want smaller waist smaller hips are we seeing that decrease and i think you know there's just different ways of looking at it yeah and i, th I think just to continue the conversation about overall body makeup and, and body mass indexing again something that insurance companies do tend to use as as a piece of the puzzle again they're trying to gauge okay <clears throat> how healthy is this person and you know because your insurance rates are going to reflect you know you know are you a healthy person or are you an unhealthy person but um I, you know and i do have a couple clients that are in the um, insurance industry but one of the things you look at is again okay what are some of the pieces of the puzzle so if if let's just say you're high or, or your your um, your risk is high and you're classified as obese using the body mass index, and that could be for anything, right? Circumference or or body mass index, but they're also going to take a look at okay, well, how is your blood pressure? How is mm -hmm. your cholesterol? They're going to look at blood work. So they're they're trying. So we're not trying to say that okay, body mass index or circumference measurements or whatever your body composition is the end all be all, but it is a piece of the puzzle to where it's like. Okay, if we're if we're not looking good here, well, how good do you look in other aspects of your life? So when we are talking about goals, and again, we're just looking at physical uh, <clears throat> body composition type changes as you would measure them in this example of body mass index. The one thing I like to look at, again, in the example of my client who's going to go on vacation, you want to look at trends. Here, it's maybe a three, four month trend, right? But mm -hmm. for other people, in the case of health and wellness. Where, where are you year over year? Are we trending in the right direction? Are we making good decisions as far as, you know, doing things that are favorable for our health and wellness? And body mass index, again, a very, very, very simple way of looking at, okay, well, how 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 is your risk for having health or metabolic issues just based on how much you weigh? And of course, you can't do anything about how hot, how tall you are, but depending on what you're doing for yourself, are you working out? Are you managing your weight? Um, body mass index, unfortunately, is a inflection of statistically what the general population um, might look like under a certain height weight ratio. But if you're an exerciser, again, now you're falling farther away from the norm. So this is just something we want to look at. Like in the case of your client, he might be ripped and lean and shredded, but he's not considered healthy according to this. So th it this is, is just a piece crazy. of the conversation. Yeah. Because again, you know, they're not looking, you know, and, and I am going to repeat this muscle does not weigh more than fat. We're just going to put that out there. A pound of fat is a pound of muscle. It is what yeah. we're talking about at that point is girth, because obviously a pound of muscle is going to be leaner than the, the pound of fat. And so that's why when we're looking at, you know, these next, um, especially when we get into the tape measurements, that's really, mm -hmm. really important. Um, and you know, those of you guys that are just joining Ken Miller and I on random fit, we're talking about body compositions and different ways to measure it. Again, when you're thinking about BMI, they're looking at your height and weight. You know, I think another one that we really want to talk about too, is, you know, the visual look, because you hear people and now, and, and again, I, I found this interesting mm -hmm. because, you know, I had a client come in and say that she is described as an Android. And I was like, what, you know, and then an again, I made me had to go back and think like Android. I'm like, okay, Android versus a, a gynoid. And then it's like, okay, wait a minute. That's the apple and the pear. And unfortunately guys, you know, the way that, you know, some of us hold our body fat and, and where we hold it 
a lot of that is genetics. Most of that is genetics. If you're going to become, you know, bigger and, you know, we can't necessarily, we can't spot reduce when we're trying to lose body fat in certain areas. And unfortunately, if, if we start gaining body fat, we can't say this is where we want it to go. And so, you know, when you're looking at someone and when we say an apple, it just means that above the waistline, they're holding more body fat. And when we talk about pear shape, that would be, you know, like from the waistline down. So more in the hips and thighs area. Um, if you're looking at those two visually, a doctor would rather you be a pear than an apple usually because it is a, you have a decreased chance of health risk in comparison to an apple. And, you know, just because of the visceral fat. And so, again, that's going to elevate your, your health risk. And so, you know, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're like, okay, yeah. am I an apple or a pear? And, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> if you're the apple, you know, we want to, to really show you that these are certain things you want to consider and take into consideration because it is harder on your heart. And there are a lot of other things that can be associated because of where your organs are. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. that's important so to know as well. Yeah, and I, I would consider myself more like an upside down mango, you know, just kind of mango. Uh, nice. Well, upside down uh, mango. <laughs> I think I am definitely a pear if I had to choose well, there you go. one of there the two. Um, right. So I've got that going for me. But again, I don't like the pear. You know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't want it to go there. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to, you know, say, okay, I want this outer hip to kind of go maybe up and other places that I would prefer to be a little bit enhanced in comparison to where it is in my jeans. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if there was a human shaped fruit out there and like, it's like, okay, this is, this is the way we should look. Right. That would be kind of like eating like mini humans, but you know, I picture that as, you know, hopefully it's some, some kind of sweet fruit. Um, but yeah, so one of the points I want to make here, again, we're talking about body composition, different ways to measure it here on Random Fit. Um, so if we take the body mass index and then we just take something as simple as your waist measurement, again, just going around the midsection again, a um, couple ways you can do this, as long as you're consistent. Again, if if we look at the, you know, the belly button never moves. So if I use the belly button as my landmark and I take my tape measure and I'm going around level keeping the tape measure level or if you look at the small of the waist um <clears throat> as long as how you measure you are consistent with that with that method um just keep with that but the one thing we need to start looking at is um if we look at body mass index if we look at um now your waist measurement now we have a couple pieces of the puzzle not only can we look at your height to weight but now we can start to look and get a glimpse of how you're where you're carrying it. So to, to your point, are you Android or are you gynoid? Um, so that's, that's where we start to look at things. So when we, when we looking at the risk for men, again, these are again, statistics based on what they've done over, over meta-analysis of, okay, if you have this certain body type, or if you have this certain waist, um, waist measurements, you are at a certain level of risk when it comes to having health issues. So again, as a as a personal trainer, um, these are the conversations that you especially want to have with your clients as they start to get into their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And as you work with clients over the years, um, whether it's related to their goal or not, you know it is one way to look at okay, well, how effective is our our programming? How much am I addressing health and wellness, and not just how much they're lifting or how far they're running? 
But now we can start to look at, okay, um, are we looking at wellness and fitness? Or are we just looking at fitness? Because those two can be two different things altogether. So again, between circumference measurements, starting at the waist, putting that together with height to weight. Um, now we're starting to get a more comprehensive picture of, of what your clients are looking like physically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, when you're, uh, if you're just joining us, Ken Miller and I are on Random Fit here today are talking about body composition. And of course, we've talked about BMI. We talked about how the doctors get that number or how you can get it yourself. Then we just talked about, you know, uh, ways to help. And then I think the big one that I use a lot with my clients personally, and I actually have my husband do it on myself because I want to know is getting a tape measure and actually looking mm-hmm. at the different segments of my body and you know therefore i can see where i'm starting and then reassess every four to six weeks and see if i'm actually hitting the areas or, or you know hitting the goals that i want to i want to hit and oftentimes too we rely so heavily on the scale and unfortunately the scale will vary and it'll vary for females depending on, you know, the time of the month, it can vary if you um, are mm-hmm. dehydrated, if you, you know, if you actually drink a ton of water, or you had a bigger meal and you had salt. Unfortunately, there's a lot of different things that can tip the scale in one way, or they're showing no movement, whatever, you know, whatsoever. And yeah. I've had clients that have started with me and they're like, Wendy, I have only lost two pounds. I've been with you a month. You're kicking my tail. I'm doing my cardio. I'm, I'm measuring my food. I'm seeing no results. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. And you will get that, especially with sometimes people that have been with you for even multiple months. However, I'm like, you remember that measurement, you know, when I took out the tape and I looked at certain areas of your body, let's do that again. And then they start to see those numbers decrease or increase and the, depending on where I'm measuring. And then they're like, well, I have noticed that my jeans now fit and those skinny jeans I wanted to get in, I can get in, but I don't see the scale moving. And so that's why we wanted to provide you with different ways to measure results, because if you're just looking at the scale, you will sometimes get defeated. But if you take these other measurements and you see the gains that you're making, then I think that's that's huge. Or if you don't have someone measuring you and you don't want to measure yourself, get a pair of pants that you can barely get into, set them up next to you, and then Every so often, like I say, every every four weeks, try them on. Can you get them up higher? Were you able to button them? Can you move? And then, you know, I had clients yeah. that sent me a video and she's got her hands behind her head. She's in these jeans and her little sports bra. And she's like, look at me. And she's doing lunges. And she was she was the happiest person in the world. And, you know, but the scale didn't really move. Yeah. And I, I think and that's, again, another another testament why we need to look at actually what your mate what your makeup is when it comes to what's on the scale, because I had, I know I brought up Lori um, in, in, in podcast recordings before in that I worked with her for a couple of years. I was changing facilities and on the scale, she had lost three pounds and, you know, she lost three pounds, but to your point, Wendy, she started off, I think a size 10 or 12 and Mm -hmm. she was down to a two to a four, um, which her husband, you know, didn't like me all that much because she had to get a basically a whole new wardrobe. But the, the the biggest point was the fact that going from, let's say, from a 10 to a four, 
you know, she only lost three pounds on the scale, which when we calculated it, she lost three pounds of fat and she put on eight pounds of muscle when we looked at her, you know, the calculations we used for her, uh, for her, um, I think it was skin fold measurements. So we used the seven site and skin fold measurements. Um, but overall, I mean, again, on the scale, it's like you would think it's like, man, what have we been doing for these last couple of years if I've only lost three pounds? But when you think about what that meant for her physically, she had better endurance. Um, <clears throat> she slept better, um, but she also felt more confident in, in the clothes that she was wearing because now she didn't wear these clothes that were, you know, loose and baggy. You know, she was able to wear more, more, more fitted uh, clothes that, you know, she, she really loved to, to wear. Again, if you could update your wardrobe uh, for that reason, yeah, you're going to, uh, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. But from, from that standpoint, again, clothes can be an unofficial way of looking at circumference measurements because depending on who the maker is, some, some clothes are a little bit more generous than others or they fit differently. Um, but it is an informal way of looking at, okay, inches lost. But that's where, again, to your point, Wendy, I might say to my client, have that set of clothing that you want to fit into. And that's going to be our, you know, quote unquote, tape measure, um, you know, as far as, okay, are we getting closer to where you want to go? Um, but again, not, not every maker makes the same dimensions. They have different cuts and they'll complement different bodies differently. But that's why we want to look at the objective uh, measurements of using a, a tape measure because that doesn't change unless you've got a tape measure that's kind of been stretched and used for a while. Um, you know, and that's something that for, for trainers, you, you do want to make sure that you're, you're because tape measures, they stretch, right? If you keep pulling them, you're using it day after day or month after month, they will stretch. So it's not really an inch, two inches, three inches, four inches, right? Especially it's forgiving. After. Yeah, it can be forgiving. It's like, man, right? It's like um, yoga pants, you know, right. watch tape measure people. <laughs> yeah, but but the other part, you know, of looking at circumference measurements is the fact that, you know, we all lose it in different areas. I'm mm -hmm. one of those guys that I'll lose it in my cheeks and my neck. So I might have lost two or three pounds on the scale, but it looks like I lose I've lost about eight to ten pounds just because of where I lose it first. Unfortunately, yeah. it's here and not my midsection where I want to lose it, but it's you know, it's it's one way of looking at, okay, well are we looking at overall inches lost again if we're talking about putting on clothes i'd want my client to have a shirt as well as a bottom top as well as the bottom to look at overall change as far as how their clothes are fitting versus just using your pants but what if all their progress was up above right that's very so, true yeah <laughs> and those of you guys that are joining kim miller and i on random fit we're talking about body composition and so you know right now we're really talking about circumference measurements and when we're talking about circumference measurements it's more we don't even really want to look at the scale sometimes we really want to mm -hmm. think about the girth of your body in different positionings and you know we talked about these tape measures but you know ideally there are certain you know i think it's important to know where to put the tape measure so if you don't have a trainer and you actually want to get your own measurements at home. You know, it's easier if you do have a buddy, you know, whether it's your spouse or a friend or somebody that can actually take the measurements for you just to make sure that everything is where it needs to be. But the first place you're going to want to start is at your neck. And so you want to think that it's really just below the larynx or like if you think about your, you know, if you're a man and you've got your Adam's apple, it'd be right across that area. And then you're going to note that down. 
And then from there, we're going to think next is going to be your chest and you're going to put it across the fullest part of your chest. And then you're going to look at that number at that point. You're going to make sure, obviously, that the tape is nice and and you don't want to pull it together to where you're squeezing it. You want to get it around to where it's tight. And then you're going to take that that um, measurement there. So you've got your neck and your chest and then you're going to go to your waist. And just like you would think about with the, the waist to hip ratio here, when you're thinking about it, it's going to be the narrowest point of the waist below the rib cage, but just above the top of the hip bones. And so there's just that you can see that there should be like a narrowing of the waist. And that's going to be where you're basically measuring right at your, your belly button, as you had said. So that's going to be where you're going to take it. Again, you want to think about not squeezing the person together, but just where it's nice and snug around that body part and take that measurement. Then you're going to go to the hips. And again, when we're thinking about the hips, you're going to put your feet together. This is where people sometimes mess this up. They put the feet together and measure the circumference at the widest portion of the like the 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 glute area. And so when you're looking at that, it's like, OK, feet are together. You're going to know exactly where to put it around. And then you're just going to make sure that it's nice and level. And then you're going to take that measurement. So again, just as a recap so far, we've got your neck, your chest, your waist, your hips. Then you move to the thigh. And so when you're thinking about that, you're going to stand with your legs and they're about, um, you're going to think about measuring the largest circumference immediately below your, your gluteal fold, if you will. So basically right where your kind of butt cheeks meets into your hamstring, you're going to um, measure that point. And so you're going to kind of come down four inches when you do that. And then you're going to measure that area. So you've got the end of your butt cheek go down four inches and then measure. And so that's where you're going to want to, to put it for your thigh. And then, of course, the calves is the medius portion or the medius portion of your calf. So where it's the biggest, that's where you're going to do it. So it's usually just anywhere between the knee and the ankle. And then lastly, is going to be your arm. And so you're going to actually uh, put your arm out. So, you know, take the bend out of your elbow and then you're going to measure it at the fullest part. So it's taken really at the midpoint below the shoulder and above the elbow, but where it's the thickest. And so, again, every four to six weeks, take that measure tape out. Try to get the same person that administered it to do it every single time. So make sure this person's more of a constant and not some complete stranger. Um, because at that point, too, you're going to know that they're probably going to hit the same point each and every time. And I think that's important, too, because if you don't know where to measure and you've got all these random numbers, then that's not going to help you out at all. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, as long as you're consistent, right? you, you mentioned consistency as far as measuring. But one of the things that I like to do is measure. And it's OK to make notes, too. Like, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, four inches below the gluteal fold. That could be easily four inches above the top of the kneecap. Right. Yeah. Or <clears throat> something that I like to note, something if there's like scars or birthmarks or moles or things like that, like uh, the height of the mole on their thigh. Right. Because a lot of times these 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 landmarks do not move. And as long as you make a note of it. So and if anything, they do move, you need to send them to a dermatologist. Yeah. <laughs> if it, you know, that's a little looking a little large and discolored. You need to get that. Checked your legs out. are getting smaller, but yeah. your mole yeah. is getting bigger. So. Yeah. <laughs> You got to address that. Um, but yeah, so as long as you're consistent with how you're doing it. So these are just suggestions that you brought up, according to the National Academy of Sports Medicine textbook, um, when it comes to taking these circumference measurements. But, you know, when I was in college, did you ever take a testing and measurements class? Wendy? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. And this is where they would ding you on, like, if you're measuring someone's height and you didn't take your shoes off. Oh, yeah. Right? <clears throat> and same thing, right? With Well, with, I ding with people if you don't take your shoes off and you want me to watch you do an overhead squat. If yeah, you're going for a master's exactly. trainer, you will get dinged. <laughs> that's right. And, and that's one of the biggest mistakes when it comes to measuring the hips. You don't put your feet together, right? right. So you got to make sure that, you know, you're it's, it's apples to apples so that when you do reassess, it's, you know, you have all the other manageable factors the same if they can be. So that way, mm -hmm. every difference you measure is going to be based on body composition or in this case, circumference measurements. So a lot, a lot of good points there. And, and the, the beautiful thing about using to tape measure is that, you know, all you need really is a tape measure and a mirror if you don't have somebody to do it for you. Um, you know, but as long as you are consistent in how you assess or reassess yourself right. to track your progress. So, and I think uh, it's well, important well, to note too. I mean, you know, with us talking about this, guys, this is the stuff that you can do on your own and at home. And so it's free. And, you know, um, because, you know, there are different ways to measure, you know, your lean muscle mass versus your body fat and getting specific body fat percentages. I mean, you had mentioned this skin fold, which is where, you know, there's like a little, um, I always call it kind of like a chomper that you would use that has different numbers on it. Some of them are done electrically or electronically now where yeah. it'll help, you know, give you different reads depending on if you're measuring three different sites or seven different sites, there's different formulas that, that you can calculate yeah. to get that measurement. Again, that's only as good as the person that's administering the actual calipers um, or using that, that actual skin fold um, piece of equipment. But, you know, I think the most accurate that I that I know of still to date is the DEXA scan, where it really mm -hmm. does scan you to let you know, again, what's lean muscle mass versus fat um, in comparison to your height and all that fun stuff. And so, you know, but that's very expensive. And so, you know, there are places out there that that's what they 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 do all day. They actually measure different people. Um, mm -hmm. I know that we have it out here in Atlanta where there's actually clinics where you can go and get that done. Of course, there's something called the bod pod, which to me looks like a Mork and Mindy egg, where we actually have this at our gym where you go and you sit into it. You want to make sure you're not claustrophobic, but then it actually gives you a read um, with the same type of data. But again, it can be pricey. Um, and then there's things like the bioelectrical impedance. There's hydro, um, the hydrostatic. There's just different things that are out there, but usually you have to go to a different facility in order to yeah. get those reads. While they may be more accurate, if you can just do some of this stuff on your own and at home, it can be more cost effective. But then you're also going to know that you can redo it every four to six weeks to see that you're getting those gains right. instead of having to financially make sure that you're setting aside money to make sure you're seeing progress. Right. Oh, my dog's having a, a heyday over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I heard every word that you said. I mean, if, if yeah, if you can get away with free and cheap, you know that much better because you could do it as frequently as you need to, to track your progress. But, you know, when I was still working at the local health club over here, um, you know, we would have one of those hydrostatic weighing tanks, you know, a guy would pull up in this, in this big old truck and you, you know, we would schedule it out and you would, we'd make sure that the members would have their bathing suits that day so that they can actually get into that little dunk tank and, you know, reassess their um, or assess and reassess their body composition, but you had to wait for the guy to come around. You know, we had to get the schedule from him when he was going to be in town and then they had to, you know, pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So,
But I don't know about you, but if I'm the fifth person in line after five different bodies have been in there, especially if they worked I, out and were sweating. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I got I got to lose a couple more ounces before I get my body composition checked. But then again, I jump into a pool with multiple people. So it's like, you know, not for that sole yeah. reason, but just in general, like but when the summer hits. Big body of water. You got their filters here. It's a. It's a I know. small body and you're in I there know. and you're like, I was trying to find something positive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. You want to definitely think about who's going in before you and try to yeah. be the first on the list for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I, again, a lot of this is, is a great reminder um, from a fitness professional standpoint, as far as, you know, it's fast, it's easy. As long as you're looking at consistency and you have a, if you have a dialogue with your clients about, you know, the importance of it, not so that they're obsessed about the results, because there's so many other ways or so many other ways to look at health and fitness. Um, so my, my, my vantage point here when it comes to measuring, taking circumference measurements is, you know, it's, you know, to look at, okay, am I making the right decisions? Am I taking the right actions? And am, am I doing what's best for my, for my health and wellness? And I think, you know, my, my key point is too is stop just stressing about the scale. There are different ways to show that you are making positive gains in your life and your, in your choices. Um, and so, you know, we wanted to be able to bring this to the forefront because again, once I heard my client and saw how heartbroken he was because the doctor said his BMI put right. him in a, in a category that he shouldn't have been in. I had other data to show him, like, listen, look at all the positive gains that you've made. You know, in the beginning, your BMI probably was reflected of this. But now you're running these crazy amounts of mileage and that he, he loves to run. So, again, his body isn't breaking down. He's doing the right things to take care of himself. And some people were made to run. And this individual is that guy. And, yeah. um, you know, and so I'm trying to keep him healthy with body mechanics and, and strength. But, you know, because he was able to look past what the doctor had said and saw all this other stuff, um, it really did make him feel better. So if you're not yeah. seeing movement on the scale, but you're seeing move, you know, like movement um, in, in your clothing, meaning that it's not stuck to you or you didn't have to lay on the bed and tuck things in in order to pull your jeans up, right. um, then that's always a positive. And so, you know, just find out what ways you can measure your own success and maybe take some of these other things into consideration that we talked about and have a starting point. That's right. That's right. Because we want to look at trends. Okay. Are we, are we doing the right things for ourselves? Um, so, Wendy, thanks again for sharing your insights and how you use circumference measurements to track your results. So, for those of you listening to us here on Random Fit, if you like what we talked about today and want to hear more from us, please like, follow, subscribe, download, and more importantly, comment. Let us know what you want to hear about. Wendy Batts and myself, Ken Miller, here on Random Fit. I'll be sure to do what we can to give you what you're looking for when it comes to Random Fitness. So until next time, take care and be well.